What's up, movie trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown. Look at that, the official episode of the movie trivia Schmodown. And my name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. Oh my God, you're my dream boat, for sure. You're a slacker, Brad. And I am joined <laughs> by the Jenga man himself. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. Now, I'm feeling really good about those. That's oh, a name I haven't numbers. heard in a long time. Jenga man? <laughs> it's the Jenga man? The Jenga man, y'all. Don't get it, don't get it confused with the Jenga man. No, no, you are not the Jigga Man. <laughs> no, you are the no, Jigga no, no. Man. But I, but it's like it's kind of cool that it, you could be like, what do you say? Yeah, Jigga what? Jigga what? Jigga who? Jigga who? Jigga what? Jigga who? Oh no! Oh no! Oh uh, man, we yeah. can go on. How you doing, man? What's I'm, going on? I'm doing. You know, we were before we got on here. We were like, not enough hours in the day, man. No. Not enough hours in the day. Too much going on. It just and it's and it's weird because it's happening. On like one day of the week, it's like, could we just spread it out? You know, spread it out amongst you know, like the days of the week, if not the weeks of the month. Um, sometimes it all just coalesces in, on one day, and you're like, how? How? You know those days, like too, like where you and the days where you have everything, you're like, okay, I'm gonna set the alarm clock so I can yeah. get as, mu- as much sleep as possible, and then you inevitably wake up before the alarm clock, and Every you time. can't do anything about it, and you're just like, oh, okay, well. I was going to, you know, continue this slumber. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But we have a lot to talk about. This is a big week for the movie trivia showdown. You will see live in-studio matches return. We are going to see in-studio-ish. Right? No, it's in-studio. Uh, right? It's a half. Ha- half of them half-sies. are in-studio. Yeah, we're going halvesies on it. We're going halvesies. We're, du- we're Dutch. Do we, do we still say that? We're yeah, going in Dutch? Say, yeah, people say that, but, like, older people. So halvesies is really what you're supposed I mean, to I, say. I prefer the terminology of Havsies. You want to go Havsies? Splitsville? Go you, Havsies. Know? you know, whatever. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, we're going to have that this week. That is the collision, which goes down at the end of the week on uh, Saturday. Saturday. July Saturday. 31st, 12 p.m. specific. 31. That's hey. 31st, right? Yeah. yeah. Look at me. Um, that goes down four matches. We're going to give our picks here. Um, after we talk about the week that was in the movie trivia showdown, also had a fun week, by the way, let me plug up top at the FCL. If you haven't watched it this week, go check it out. We have the first ever wrestling trivia showdown exhibition match between two of reality wrestling's finest stars of, uh, will all day, the reality wrestling champion and Cameron, or excuse me, will all day, the reality wrestling Texas champion and Cameron Cole, the reality wrestling champion. Um, and then we had. Vanessa Fitzsimmons taking on David the Dynasty Campbell. That was over this Tuesday. Did you get to see the wrestling match yet? I did not get to see okay. uh, this week's episode. Okay, well, thank but you. But I did see the results, and, and I'm happy with the results. I mean, I, I follow you know I follow the FCL, Brad. I, I hope that you do. I do from afar. I'm not yeah. in it as much as the MTS because you know the MTS requires a lot of my attention these days. Sure. sure. Um, but I do like to keep. Keep a prying eye on the FCL and, and the talent that's coming through because they're eventually going to make their way into MTS proper, and I gotta know who they are. You know whether well, look, whether they're whether they're a spoiler or a slick. I gotta know what's know. going on. I love <laughs> yeah, you Nick, see what I Nick did? Harley, slick yeah. Nick Harley now, um, formerly Nick the I Spoiler guess. Harley. All right. yeah. um, sure. By the way, doing doing the FCL proud. Yeah. And. Um, and I think we're up to FCL 12 on the YouTubes. We're trying to get as quick back 
to current as possible. We're going to get there eventually. We're going to get there. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, there won't be any FCL this weekend on the channel due to collision. Um, But then, you know, obviously. So we got some catching up to do. Yeah, there's some catching up to do for sure. But, I mean, you can still – you don't have to necessarily watch them in order. It helps. It it, helps. It helps. But if you really got that itch, go to the showdown Twitch channel. Scratch it? Oh, okay. You know? Oh, yeah, and that too, you know? You can scratch it. By the Uh, way, speaking of showdown Twitch channel – Boom. SEN Live moving is over moving there, over, over there, starting well uh, this coming Monday now. So wow. that's Quick that's switch. that's really cool. I, I was really happy with that announcement, um, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean Twitch is such an interactive uh, broadcast anyway. Um, I like that we're able to do, and it's it's better for live. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Um, and I'm glad that we're able to do FCL over there live on Twitch because it's just it's a better it's a better platform for that. I think SEN is going to thrive on Twitch. And um, so shout out to Ben Goddard and, and everybody yeah. who's going to be uh, anchoring down the ship of the SEN live on Twitch. Let's talk about the matches, though, because we're going to talk about some season nine info that we found out from uh, Sir Harloff. We're going to talk about um, our predictions for uh, the collision, which I'm going to explain mine. I have, I have a really <laughs> I have I have a very specific reason why I selected everybody that okay. I selected and I'll break it down for you. Looking forward to it. Um but let's talk about uh the Star Wars match. Nikki DeMolanta, John Hoey. We got to see them uh battle one another. Um this was uh Nikki, I think Nikki obviously there's an inherent interest in seeing her perform in the Schmodown. Similar to Molly Damon, like I don't want to compare too much, but since their spouses are elite players, you usually yeah. want to know, okay, let's see. You know, it's like it's like if a if a son follows in his father's footsteps, is he as good as the dad? Right? You just have that wonder <laughs> sure. since there's a familial yeah. connection. And Molly Damon impressed upon her debut and in, in subsequent matches. And so now we have Nikki DeMolanta and Hoey going at it. Um, again, didn't know really what to think other than I'm sure they're both going to be well studied. And I'm sure Nikki would have been given a lot of drills, a lot of drills uh, before this match. And I would think that she was the favorite if I had to pick really? one. Really? You she, don't didn't, think so? she didn't play a match. And John Hoey has, and we've seen what he's done. He played really well in his match. We've we've not seen Nikki DeMolanta, sure. Her husband is the Star Wars champion, but how do you get there? No disrespect to Nikki DiMolanta. She hasn't well, played a you. match. I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. Look, I'm going to go back to my familial connections here. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. Say I, you know, went to Rucker Park, you know, in, in New York. Okay. And I played a little street ball, a little oh, and one sure. style. Right? I was like Spider back in the day, and I just, boom, dunked it and hung, hung on the rim. Won my first game of horse. Right, I won my first horse. game of horse. I'm undefeated in horse. I'm one and zero. I'm a I'm a boss. Yeah. Right. And then the next person I'm facing is someone named Bronny James. Right. <laughs> now Bronny James never played horse at the Rucker. Oh my God. Never played horse at the Rucker. But you know what? I feel like basketball might somewhat I, I, be I, in his system. Sure. Right. So I think that I would bet on. Bronny to beat me, even though he never played horse at Rucker before. Yeah, but Bronny's got actual DNA. Nikki does not. <laughs> okay. But Nikki's got A D. Right? She didn't have DNA, but she has A D. She has Andrew Dima Long. You better watch yourself. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> never mind. Anthony Davis? What did you think of? Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're so stupid. I am. I'm you a know, child. I'm eight years know, old. You know, Hello. Steph Sabral was uh, on FCL this week. She was like, "Do I, is it?" We, she said this on the broadcast. She was like, "Every time we we read a, a question that has the word titular in it, <laughs> I think we're about to have a tea fest. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, we're gonna have, yes. to have a nip slip. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for your fourth grade. That's mind. why I'm here, man. That's why I'm here. She has Andrew DeMolanta in her corner, sure. and I feel as though um, that makes her so powerful um, just from – she's getting insight from the best the game has currently in Star Wars Division. No disrespect to my man John. You know, okay. John definitely right. came in. He had a solid thing. I just thought, in my opinion, That's not right. only does she have Andrew DeMolanta, she has Sam Levine. Sure. Which but by John proxy of Rachel Cushing. John Hoey has Mara Kanopic, Robert Bro. Parker – Bro. Dan Merle, like people I like who know how to attack the game Frank, and study the game. Frank, I like you. I do. I do. But you're wrong. Okay? You're wrong. Look. Nonetheless, John Hoyt look, walked into this match as the favorite because he was introduced second. So, I mean, look. There you go. Look, it's apples and oranges. I'm telling you who I thought was my favorite. I know, and I'm telling you, you were wrong. But was I? Yeah. Well, let's see how the match turned <laughs> well, out. Breaking I mean, down. Favorite and winner are two different things, and <laughs> she was my favorite. Sure, sure. I and bet I, on look, I I really was excited to see Nikki DiMolanta play in the Schmodown. Uh, I've listened to Beyond Schmodown with her and Andrew DiMolanta. Uh, it's one of the first time when I checked it out when they first started doing it. I heard Nikki um, talk more Schmodown, and you know her and Andrew, but it was Nikki. I was like. Because I'm a little, I was I was already a little familiar with Andrew DiMolanta. You know, he's played in the league and you know does some things. Wasn't quite sure about Nikki. I had met them in Orlando when we had that Orlando show, and uh, very nice people. You know, from the out, from the offset. And but when I you know getting back to their their show Beyond Showdown, listening to Nikki and, and how she comes across, and she has a lot of energy, and she's very smart and quick and and and, and witty, and so I, I thought she was great. Right? Great. And I'm sorry, Andrew. That's the only reason I would tune into that show. That's the only reason I tune into that show. Not for you. For, yeah, not for Andrew. Not yeah. for the champ, but, you know, for, for the woman behind the champ. But uh, so I was very excited to see Nikki play in the Schmodown. And I was very curious to see, you know, as someone that Andrew cites for a lot of his success in, in the Schmodown, you know, he cites, his, cites Nikki. And I was very curious in terms of what – you know, she was learning just through osmosis, right? Just through being that study partner for Andrew DiMolanta, just being the one helping him prep. Not necessarily, she's not prepping for a match. She's just, I mean, in a sense, she wasn't around about way, but not directly. So I was very curious to see what kind of knowledge she would display here. And boy, let me tell you, the DiMolantas, they have a system down. You know, Andrew DiMolanta has, has defended the belt, against Alex Damon on top, you know, before he took it from him. And they have a system over there that is doing wonders because she was near flawless in this match. There's not a whole lot to break down here, Brad, because no. she doesn't miss a question. She checks on the multiple choice just once. She gets a two-point steal off of John Hoey. You know, he was down 11-8 to eight after the first. He got an opponent's choice. She gives a mixed bag. I think she played it very, like, strategically, very tactically, uh, very sound, and you're going to get that from Sam Levine players. And uh, Nikki played a great game. John Hoey, you know, he just he fell behind. That's what happens in the Star Wars division. You fall behind um, 
And it doesn't matter who's walking in through those doors these days in the Star Wars division. You fall behind early on, it's tough to make up that ground. And he just could not make up that ground. And, um, you know, he, he goes perfect in that final round, hits his two, his three, his five. But it was too much to overcome. She only needed to hit her two and her three to win the match. And, and that was all she wrote. And, look, 19 out of 19 for Nikki DiMolanta earned 96% of her points. She earned 27 out of possible 28 points there. Uh, to that first round or second round multiple choice, right? So impressive debut. I, I loved it. And I, I love John Hoey as well. And I, I fell for him in this match. But um, it's exciting to see Nikki Delonta make a, make a claim, you know, in the in the showdown. And we're halfway through the year. And now there's a Star Wars tur- tournament coming up. I want to ask you, Brad, Sam Levine. He's got Marie Wilson. He's got mm-hmm. Nikki Delonta. Only one can enter the tournament. I know what some of the fans are out there saying. What are, what are you saying? How, how do you how do you not put in Nikki DeMolanta after this performance? How do you not? That's, it's that, tough. That, that'd be a tough call to not put her in as great as she's looked. I mean, both players are incredible. I think that they both do a good job. But would you say 96% of her point? Yeah, she earned 27 out of possible 28 points. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. What are we talking about here? And and look at her. For, for a frame of reference with Marie Wilson, she's one in one. She's answered 32 out of 36 questions, has earned 50 out of a possible 56 points, and she's one for one on steal opportunity. I'm going so Nikki. She's no slouch. No, but I'm going Nikki. And I hear you. I hear you. Going Nikki. It's, or, so why I think ultimately it's a very tough decision Sam has to make because, yeah. you know, it, it, it's – Marie Wilson does not have – a perfect first round in two of her matches. Nikki Dimwanta mm. did it in her very first match, right? So you Star look at Wars, that. That's hard, and that's and yeah, and, that, and that's also key. You want to get these. You have to get these perfect first rounds uh, in in Star Wars. Uh, Marie Wilson, she's gotten close. She's had eight and nine points respectively in her first and second match. Nikki Dimwanta, she went out and got perfect ten round. or eleven Debut. points, right? Debut perfect round. So come I mean, on, like, man. Yeah, I mean that's sure. You want to look at that metric? You could give. The slight edge to Nikki DiMonte in that sense. Again, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. It is, but I think that the uh, the, the choice, in my opinion, is obvious. In, it, but that's my opinion. And look, look, Frank, Frank. Yeah, I could I could be wrong. I could you be wrong. Could be. I, you know what? I'll say this. I would not be surprised if we see Nikki DiMonte in the tournament. She was a late pick. Marie Wilson picked very early on from Sam Levine. And also, we got to look at, you know, what's the availability of Nikki? Because is that one of the reasons why we didn't see her until late in the year? I understand her other opponents. She kind of joked about that in her promo. She's going to play Jeff Lowe. Oh, no, then I was going to play um, someone else. Forget. And then now she got, now she ends up playing, or Lacey. She's going to play Lacey, but now she's playing John Hoey, right? So, yeah. um, was that the whole entire reason we don't see her till end of July or is also she have some sort of other scheduling things that that could be another factor and that's definitely a factor for every faction when you're trying to figure out who's gonna be in your tournament or represent you in the tournament uh whether or not you know Nikki can do it and can make that commitment because if you enter the tournament you're also saying I can commit to showing up at Spectacular in LA if I win the tournament right so okay I mean we you have- gotta figure out those things I mean, look, there are a lot to, there's a lot to figure out. Sure, there are logistics and things of that nature. But if we're just going off what we've seen performance-wise, I'm going, Nikki DeMolanta. Yeah. Um, Hoey, what do you think happened here? I mean, 
He played a good game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, there were a couple early misses in that first round. Then he got opponent's choice, which is never a fun task for anybody. Um, which we're going to talk about opponent's choice, I'm sure, uh, here momentarily. But yeah. uh, he he overcame. He battled. He gave her a good match. But if someone's playing at a 96 percent accuracy, it's you know, what are you right? Do? I mean, he would also ha- he would he would have to have gone perfect, perfect. You know, not miss a question, not miss any point available points. So that's what it would have took to 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 win this game against Nikki. And if you can't deliver those types of performances yet, you know, it sucks because you kind of have he he's had to do it in his what third match already or second match now, um, and it's tough when when you're just entering this division this year with. You know, especially with how elite the play has been. So the learning curve is immensely steep uh, for players like John Hoey and the like. So um, it's a, it was a tough – he played great. He played great. It was just – it does not work in today's Star Wars division to play great. You have to play, as the great Booker T says, good. Perfect. No, there you go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You've been with the man for like a decade. You don't even know what he says. Poifect. Come on. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but he does say good. He does say that. He says good a lot. He does say that too. Um. Yeah. So, anyway, it was it was a good Star Wars match. Again, these these Star Wars matches, I'm always mesmerized by the knowledge. It was one of the few ones that I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna see how I do in round one. <laughs> like, let me see if I get two. Bro, I checked out after question two. I was like, I'm I was, done. I was like, and you're a Star Wars guy. Yeah. Yeah. You have Star Wars stuff behind you. I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, ma'am. Um, okay, let's talk about it. Lightning time. Oh, boy. Danger zone. All right, we're talking okay. about it. Okay. So, Steph Sabra and I were on the call for this one. That was you? That was me. That was you. Okay. That was me. Interesting. We were on the, we were on the call for this one. It was fun, actually. The first s- s- third match I think I've called on the MTS this year, I think. Third or fourth, maybe. Um... Oh, maybe there's more than that. I don't remember by now. I don't remember now. But I've had a different broadcast. I think this is my fourth one because I've had a different broadcast partner every time. So it was Christian, then it was Mark, then it was uh, Drew Guy, and now it's Steph. Um, so I, it's it's been, you know, fun to have that opportunity. And when I saw the match, I was like, oh, okay. Lightning time versus danger zone. Okay, I guess you this real quick. Before we get into the match, though, could you get Andrew Guy to call an FCL match? Sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, why would I? Why couldn't I? I mean, because I think it would be, I mean, Andrew guys, Steph Sabra calling a match. I think that'd be just great. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if people want to see Andrew Guy, and if we could show him, you know, show what he, you know, what he brings to the, the Schmodown he can bring to the FCL. And so him paired with, with Steph Sabra, you know, because he's a 1A guy, you know. I mean, you're a 1A guy, but you can't have two 1A guys. <laughs> In the FCL, you know, because... <laughs> so what are you saying Steph is? <laughs> He's a a one triple A gal. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you... I was just... You're just upset that I didn't say I want to see you and Andrew Guy together. No, you've seen me and Andrew Guy. I was just wondering what your specific purpose was. That's all. Well, because like you're 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 the chairman of the SEL. Yes. 
And so if I look at the MTS, you know, the chairman, he doesn't call every match. Not everyone. Right? This Tuesday, I will not be on the FCO for everyone to know. Steph Sabral will be calling the action with one PJ Campbell. That's oh, going down PJ this Tuesday. Campbell. Yes. That's going down. You know, I got to give you on the desk, Frank. No, you don't. Yeah, you you don't want to try it. No, you want I mean, to no. You want to give me, it a I would whirl. Be really, I would be really great at it, but I don't know that the FCL crowd could handle. You know, they could handle it. I, mean, I think that we should see it. Let's start a petition. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it locked in. Let's get it locked in. Okay, Frank. I'll back to it. the back to the match. Back to the match. We were we were doing the match together. And when I saw that I was going to get to do lightning time versus danger zone, you're talking about four of the great players of the game today. Three former champions, um, Ethan Irwin, uh, uh, Ben Bateman, and the current champion, Dan Merle. Uh, I was like, man, it's not going to get bigger than this. This is going to be a battle. And it's ahead of Dan Merle versus Ethan Irwin. Four? Right? Yeah. It's our fourth match together. Jeez, we're doing four. This is like the Rocky one? series with oh, these guys. Gosh. But it's actually good, though, all four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the first four were good. I mean, five, you know, we, yeah, we, right, we drop right, off right, there. Right. So I, I was excited to have it. And then um, I tell you what, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be 100% honest. At FCL, it's real chill. We're kind of laid back. We're having yeah. fun. We're laughing. When we logged into this one, <laughs> even though it was virtual, there was such an energy. This is, this is great. And I'm not going to give away the behind the scenes of what happens and stuff like that, but there's just an energy. It's yeah. a different energy. It's a different energy. And, um, you know, I was I was a little thrown by it, I will say. I was like, oh, okay, wow, this is like... Isn't that not- a very interesting perspective like that you have now? Because before the FCL, I mean, you did call matches mm-hmm. with MTS, but you go from FCL to this. I mean, I guess that's got to be a really interesting, like, change of dynamics there. Well, I think because one is like... Uh, okay, this is this is a first class league. The stakes aren't as high by yeah. design, right? By design, the stakes aren't as high. It's more to play, get used to the game, figure out strategy as you grow and you become the next Nick Harley or what have you. Um, in in the Schmodown, I mean, there's st- there's there's big stakes. You better be good to go when you walk through those doors. There's big stakes. Yeah, and and it's just funny that I never thought you could feel the vibe of a virtual room. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I've, and I've yeah. called matches already this year, um, and they didn't feel like this. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that like makes it was, sense. Like, it was Zipper and Paramo. It was, uh, it was uh, who was the one I did early this year? Christy V and Rick the Rager, oh, Radith yeah, Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, little less stakes. This one was like, oh, okay. I mean, you have three former champions, as you said. There were th- a current champion, two former champions, and Liz Shannon Miller, who's a bracket buster. Uh, yeah. You know, taking out the yeah. likes of you know Bibiani and, and Chance Ellison, who, who former champion, so she's no stranger. No, you know, to these high stake matches. So when you log in, you're like, oh, okay, this is different. Like people aren't really talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. Dude, I mean, like that also kind of mirrors the stu- a live studio setting too. There's yeah, you have those big stake matches. It's not just you know the digital presence it that happens oh it happens in, all the time. in studio and it's you know everyone kind of keeps it themselves or stick, stick with their their people real hush hush and just kind of get mentally prepared and so um it does not surprise me that even in the digital space it's you know walking in hey how you doing hey how you doing you doing good okay cool all right you ready? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it's a lot of that. Yeah, it was a lot of that. So let's get into it. Round one goes down. And I will say, woo, <clears throat> a bit of a rough round one. Overall, 
uh, for both teams. Um, you think when you see these four names, you're like, oh, there's automatic perfect round all the way around the board. Maybe they miss one. Right. right. But there were several misses here. I do think that there was a noticeable difference in question difficulty, um, at least in this match, and, and I think recently. Right? Have you not noticed that? Like, I feel like yeah. it's amped up just a bit. Like, as we get deeper in the season, the questions tend to... I think this is probably a trend in, in, in Schmodown of years past. It just seems to get a little bit tighter once we pass that collision marker when we get to we get there. it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what happens is, you know, especially once these categories get mined a little bit more throughout the season, mm -hmm. then the writers got to dig a little, little bit deeper. And... Uh, this first question, the new release is which actor starred as an, as an elite Navy SEAL named John Kelly in the 2021 Tom Clancy adaptation without remorse? Uh, what? Yeah. You know, I mean, Wasn't I think that that's... Amazon Prime only movie? Something like that, right? I mean, don't ask Dan Merle, but this, and I, I don't say that like facetiously, I'm like, like, I get it because like, it's very tough. I think new releases is going to be a tough category for the next for like the next couple of years because of the staggered releases because of the pandemic whether it's 2020 2021 releases it's you know this 2021 usually i have to go back and look at this rule because i always thought it was like 18 months out was that was 18 months out release? and that's like the eligibility maybe i'm wrong on that maybe that changed somewhere although it's in the last 18 months no no um so movies prior 18 months and less uh -huh. are not eligible after that. I thought oh. maybe, maybe I'm, maybe you're right. Actually, maybe I, you're, think, I, don't I know. think that I'm right. Yeah. Maybe that's right. But still it, it, it's tough because that's like saying like, okay, a movie like, like green Knights coming out right now. Like they can ask that next month. It's kind of that's yeah, a little that's bit rough. absurd to me. It's right? a rough ask. Yeah. So I don't, so we have, I'll have to ask PJ and, and get a clarification on that. Um, why, why ask him later? Why not just ask him now? Nah, Schmodown so cold call. I'm doing it. Do it. I'm doing Apparently, it. We need one of those. We do need one of those. So we'll see if he answers. Um, he is a busy guy. True. But I do think it's within the last 18 months. I really Something do. Something like that. Let's see if he answers. If he doesn't answer, like if PJ Campbell is the only one who doesn't they might be cold shooting hey, bud. PJ Campbell, this is Brad Gilmore of the Schmodown Rundown. I am here with Frank Janish. You are live on the show. How are you? Oh, God. I'm good, man. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> yes. So we have a question for you. We're discussing Danger Zone Lightning Time, and we wanted clarification right. on new releases. What is the rule? What constitutes a new release? Uh, currently, when it comes to new releases, it's anything from the last 12 to 18 months. But everyone was given a list of literally everything that was kind of released through streaming or had been moved to streaming that was supposed to be theatrically released. And it's a list of probably just over 100, maybe 125 movies altogether that we, as the writers, curated and put together and sent out to everybody uh, before the beginning of the season and then updated again before tournament time. Okay, so this Without Remorse movie, was it supposed to be theatrically released earlier of uh, last year, it or what's was. the deal? It was. It was supposed to be released last year, early, uh, probably later in the year. It was supposed to be one of their, like, fall releases uh, by Paramount. And it was shuffled off, same with Coming to America, over to Amazon. Okay, so does that answer your question, Frank? Well, well I'm saying, uh, PJ, what's the – sure, 
at, at what point, how old does a movie have to be before you can ask it? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so we usually do, it's usually like within three months uh, is the wait time. Okay. Uh, this It's a little different right now just because with the streaming, we can get away with it a little more. I've been doing like closer to 30 days because like things like In the Heights and Godzilla, we've kind of already asked about them. And okay. that's because they've been streaming and people have access to, to it like at their home versus before where you would have had to like go to the theater and you may not have done that. But so many people are already watching everything, especially the people well, playing seem to be in the space. Well, well, just to kind of I don't want to get too deep into this because like In the Heights and, and Godzilla, like they're on streaming for like 30 days and then they go off the platform. Correct. So then what do you then what do you and players... then, Well, then then most of them have already started coming back or like wrap back around they take it off for a span of time before it hits home video right right so if so if a player doesn't actually see what it like like if they didn't see godzilla kong or in the heights within those first 30 days they're kind of sol unless they can somehow see it at a theater or some other way before it goes back onto that streaming service or released you know physically or whatnot yeah and to be honest like as far as these movies are going to be concerned like I'm most of the time. I mean, you guys have seen. We mostly just ask like, who's the lead or what's sure. the Sure, sure. Like, we're not going to go super deep on any of these new releases unless they're older. I could probably ask some deeper stuff about something like Mulan. It's been out for six months, seven months, whatever it's been, or maybe it's been a year. I don't even know at this point. Right, right. But like, we we can get away with a little more if the movie's older. But if I'm going to ask about some of the stuff that's newer, it's going to be as surface level as possible. But also, point being, there is a list that players there were There is provided. a list. Okay. Yes. The biggest point is is that there is a list that was provided. And, Frank, I will even send you the list while you guys are on here right now. So you can look at it. Well, look at that. See, look, we're getting inside information. See, Frank, you don't know if you don't ask. That's true. That's what my you mom said. You don't know if you don't ask. Last thing for you, PJ, and then we'll let you go. We know you're a busy man writing questions um, that many players are trying to figure out and guess before you write them. Um has there been a concerted effort? Frank and I were just discussing. It seems as though when we get deeper into the season, the difficulty kind of ratchets up a little bit overall, especially round one. Is that a concerted effort, or is that because we're mining the the top layer of these movies and we're having to dig deeper now? Uh, no, it's, a, it's definitely a concentrated effort on my part. Uh, as we enter tournament season and things like that, you know, I wanted to push the game a little more. And the truth is, is that there was a lot of perfect rounds happening. And I know that there's been a lot of talk about that. And I feel like we're at a point now where we're seeing a lot of the elite players going into these tournaments and a lot of the newer players. And I'd like to see, like, who stands where? What are we going to yeah. see? What's about to happen? And so just a little bit. I'm not, I don't want to blow people out of the water, but I want to twist just enough, if that makes sense to you guys. And just yeah. enough that you may not see the perfect rounds that you were always seeing. And that's kind of my goal is I want to, if a player is going to get the perfect round, let's make it feel very earned. Yeah. I think when you look at these first round scores from, from Bateman, Merle, Irwin and, and Liz Shannon Miller, Bateman had five, Dan Merle had six, Liz Shannon Miller had five and Ethan Irwin had seven. Um, he was missed up. He, well, everyone missed the, the family uh, the Mr. Popper's Penguins question aside from Merle, which was a very interesting dynamic from, he missed the first one. Nobody else missed. To he got it, and then everybody else missed. It was, it was yeah. interesting. First two questions. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm going for. Like, you'll see it uh, a little more as we go on. Like, I'm just trying to make them really stop, and you might have to think a little bit. You know, it's nothing that I'm going out of my way to trick anyone about, but I want you to really yeah. think. No, I got you. I'm, I didn't mean to laugh at you. It's just that Brad's getting another call, and we're talking to you, but he can't do anything about it, really, because, you know, he's just going to have to let old Booker T. Uh, I'll, 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 hit him back. I'll hit him back. PJ yeah. Campbell's the man with the plan right now. Um, so, so PJ, again, uh, let me ask you this: How do you deal with? Because um, at times, and I see, and Paul PLD gets it in the FCL. You know, people will either say your questions are too easy or they're too hard. How do you? <laughs> do you let the fans, uh, you know, influence you one way or another, or you just play your game essentially? Right? Your nah, game? man. I, I just play the game, right? Like, th- that's what I've been doing the last year and a half. It's what I plan on doing as long as I'm around as head writers. I'm going to play the game, and I just want the game to be the best it can be. Like, I see the conversation. I don't always agree because I also think that people forget when they look at questions that sometimes stuff is just subjective to the things that you know. And that's, like, a big conversation is, like, you know what you know. Uh, so, you know, I do think there was a couple – perfect round type things that we could talk about and look at. And that was something that I sat down and was like, how can we do it? And, you know, Christian and I have had conversations where it's like, you want to just find the right balance. And I think that right now, especially with the tournament season, now is a perfect time to like really try to find the perfect balance of it. And that's what I always do. I just want the game to be fun at the end of the day. Okay, well, there you go. You hear from the man himself. PJ Campbell, we appreciate you for taking this schmo down cold call. Hey, man, it was uh, my pleasure. I love you guys both very much. Uh, Two of my favorite people, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon, man. All right, that's PJ Campbell, the head writer for the schmo down. Look at that. That was great. Okay, that was good. good. I'm I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, Brad, because I don't know if I could have slept at night, you know? Yeah, no, so now we know the answer to it. So yeah. let's get to... Uh, Three months, maybe a month, depending if it's streaming or not, I guess. That's the <laughs> so eligibility. Maybe, possibly, somewhat. But we'll look, it out as we the go. other point is they got a list. Players got a list of yeah. these new releases for the streaming type of, you know, the pandemic streaming stuff. So there is a list, and it was updated, you know, recently as we get into tournament season, as, uh, as PJ talked about. So, you know, there is that, but, you know... Uh, it didn't stop Dan Merle from kind of harping on it in his post game match, which you know, uh, you know, we get, we'll get to that when we get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, what were the stats for round one? Do you have them? Yeah. So it was eleven to twelve in favor of Lightning time. Ethan Irwin put up seven points. Lishan and Miller and Ben Bateman had five, and Dan Merle had six. So just a hair behind uh, Ethan Irwin there, which is interesting. I'm looking at this because, um. They're like you know we we talked about earlier. They're playing a title match at the Scum and Villainy Cantina this coming Sunday in a in a taping that you can purchase tickets for. It's not going to be live streamed. It's a it's a taped studio match at at the Cantina. If you're in the LA area or can make it to the LA area and you're vaccinated, yeah. um, you can go and purchase a ticket and watch not only just that match but a slew of other. I think there's like another four matches um, slated to be taped that day. So it, it's going to be a hell of a, a taping event, especially with Dan Merle, Ethan Irwin playing for the singles title. You want to be there for that. If you can make it, trust me. Um, I, I remember most notably, I flew out from Chicago to L.A. to watch 
Kalinowski and Cushing play for the Intergeekdom title. I had to see that in person. I could have watched it streaming, but I had to fly. If you can get there, um, do it. Uh, also, this is interesting, too, because we talk about this Ethan Irwin-Dan Merle title match coming up that's being taped. This match was taped fairly recently as well. This wasn't like taped like a month ago. This was no. taped fairly... And I only bring that up because of how close it is to their singles title match yeah. coming up. And that's the only reason I bring up, I don't, you know, we don't really need to talk about when things are taped, but I think this is important because of the proximity of these two matches that they're going to be playing together. And Ethan Irwin bested Dan Merle in this first round, 7-6. to six. Will that be notable come that singles title match? We'll have to find out. Yeah, you know, it might be. And if PJ's be. talking about ramping up some of these, some of this, some of the difficulty with these first rounds, what do you think it's going to be like in a singles title match between these two guys? It's going to be very curious to see. We'll find out um, when that match actually happens. But let's talk about um, round two here. Yeah, we see uh, Lightning Time has the uh, one point advantage, right? No, yeah, yeah, they have they're up twelve to eleven. Yeah, yeah, they they one point advantage. Uh, Danger Zone. Uh, they go first. Yeah, Lightning Time defers. Danger Zone spins Lucasfilm, and they stick with it. Mm-hmm. And they go 6 for 6, 11 of 12 points. Uh, yeah, and some of the discussion was like, hey, I think that they may have put Lucasfilm on the wheel, so let's just go ahead and... This was an interesting discussion that they had, because yeah. they talked about, oh, they put it on the wheel, as if, well, if they put it on the wheel, then maybe we shouldn't take it. I, I understand that, because if you take it, you miss, then they're going to get a steal. Sure. However... I didn't really get a, a good sense of how confident they were until late in their conversation. I felt like it was they were more concerned about if we miss, and that's that's an interesting mindset to have. I think instead of how good are we at it, it's it's how yeah. If we're not good enough at it, they could steal. So I don't know. I don't know if that's something that's telling between how they felt ultimately about this category. Or I I, I just found it very interesting, Brad. Yeah. Um, well, they go. They go through it. They they they're back in track. They're in the driver's seat. Oh, it sounds like someone just hit something outside my neighborhood. Um, and they end up. Uh, lightning time ends up going. They spin, and they land on Sean Connery. I do believe. Right. And then they ask. I didn't rewatch the match. I'm just going off memory. And then they. I know. Yeah. Well, I was there. Yeah, I know. But what did I tell you? <laughs> uh, he said, he said, do you remember? Well, what did you say? You said something I said, like that. I said, just because you call it doesn't mean you remember everything. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. But they uh, hit Sean Connery. They said, ah, I don't know. Let's spin again. They landed on opponent's choice, which everybody seems to be landing on opponent's yeah. choice as of late. I, I didn't give that conspiracy any credence, and I still don't. But the, the statistical odds seem to have to be astronomical. Well, I mean, we've talked about this, I think, for a couple different weeks now where some other um, listeners, viewers, have done the math, and it's and it's not really that different. It was just kind of all clumped together, but at one point it seemed like it was all clumped together, so it seemed like a lot more of it was happening when really, statistically, it's really not that much different from years past. So I, okay. I get it. It does happen in... It seems to the opponent's choice slice is is a diva. I'll say that it pops up at the most peculiar times, right? But statistically, 
it's kind of just, you know, business as usual. Right. So um, they end up getting opponent's choice. Danger Zone comes back in. They talk it over for a little while, and then they say, let's give him Sean Connery. All right, let's do it. Yeah, and, and at that point, because Ethan Irwin is so good, Liz Shannon Miller is so good, like what are they really the weakest at? And that wheel I don't think had anything glaring uh, in terms of weaknesses for them. And you go, was it Sean Connery? What else were they debating? They were debating between that and one other. Uh, was it musical? It was something like that. You know, I just watched the today, and I can't. You know, it's Frank, just because you watch it. <laughs> That's true. doesn't mean you remember everything. doesn't mean you remember But, it. but uh, they, they had conversation about two different categories, and, I, they, and they were going back and forth at the very last second. They had like five seconds to decide, and they were going back and forth, back and oh, forth. Oh, it was the Oscars, Oscars. Oscars, yes. Yeah, and, and I they, felt like Oscars was not a way to go, but just because Ethan Irwin's in the industry. They're both in the industry. Yeah. They pay attention to that kind of stuff. Ethan Irwin, you know, Is he makes Ethan movies, Irwin? and he's like yeah. – he knows those type of campaign pushes for Oscars and whatnot and nominees and blah, blah, blah. So I felt like maybe don't go that way, although that is a strength of Bateman. So I could I could see the deliberation there. But if they spin away from Sean Connery, lightning time that is, and, now it's, and it's like, well, I, I guess, like, they spun away from it. I guess, you know, let's give him, let's give him Sean Connery. So I didn't really mind that, that strategy there. Yeah, and I think that um... – I think it was the best move they could have made, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't really pay off for them too much, right? I mean, they were able to get uh, one steal. For one and, point. Yeah. For one point, and it was a director's question. They they get the, the one point there, and then... So they had, you know, perfect round plus one point. Yeah, uh, so they, they outscored Lightning Time 12 mm-hmm. to 10. That's all you, that's all you want. That's all you really need um, at that point, and they have a twenty-three to twenty-two advantage over Lightning Time going into the final round. One point lead. Uh, that's against a team like Lightning Time. That's all you can ask for. I mean, you're. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get a four-point, a two, a three, or a four-point lead. It's just more than likely not going to happen against a team like Lightning Time. So to have just a one-point lead um, is great because that means if you go perfect, it don't matter what they do. If they go perfect, you're going to win. You're going to win the match. And when we get down to these fives, Brads, I know you have some some opinions on on well on the fives. I mean, I, I as well. But yeah. well, I mean, okay. So the five, we we can just get to it then. The five points decide the match. Yeah. Um, lightning time goes first. Their category was was it nineteen eighties movies? It was. Uh, da, 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 da. I think it, it was, was uh, modern classics. Modern classics, right? Modern yeah. classics. First off, we have to debate if. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a yes, modern classic. It's a modern classic, yes. That's, that's is it a modern, modern classic? Yes. Yeah. Are I there? Think, I think they've they've defined it as like uh, '80s, early '90s. I mean, look, we're like it's 2021, Brad. I think fortunately we're at that I mean, point where '90s are modern classics. It's it's it's. I mean, but Ferris Bueller's eyed. It's not Casablanca. Like I wouldn't put it in the classics territory. Well, you, you look at it through. I think. Does it stand the test of time? Ferris Bueller definitely stands the test of time. Who? Tell me who does not. You watch a Dodgers game? Bueller. Bueller. Like, that's it's a pretty iconic, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I guess ben it just Stein. Said, but look, but if <laughs> I know? were to do my top 25 list of the 25 modern classics, it's not making the cut. That's so your I guess list, it would be in my mind. <laughs> yeah, in your it mind. It just wouldn't but be I think, in my mind. I think... Um, 
It is you a modern in, classic. It's a modern classic, yeah. I mean, I grew up watching that movie. Is it? Know. Is it in your top five modern classics? Top, top five? Ten. No, yeah. not top five. Top ten? Top 25. Top 25? I'll, I'll say top okay. 25, okay. yeah. Is it yeah. 25 in the top 25? <laughs> It must be if I said it's <laughs> So, um, um, but they, the, the question, uh, you have the exact question, yeah, so I want you to read go. it for us. Which 1986 comedy features supporting performances from Cindy Pickett, Edie McClurg, and Ben Stein? Now, yeah. I don't know any of those first two names Me right off the bat. I, you know, uh, but Ben Stein's the only one that sticks out. They give you 1986 comedy supporting... Ben Stein. Mm. Ferris you know, Bueller's Day Off. It's really like, but, you know. But you, if you you're made the argument to, before that that's a five. I, that, that's absolutely a five because those first two names, like, what? I don't, I don't know who those people are. I mean, some other people might. Ben Stein. So now, like, when you look at that question, you go, all right, that one name is all I have. Ben Stein, 1986 comedy. You know, and you only have 15 seconds. But I mean, they did have two other repeats, so they had another 45 seconds or 30 seconds, 45 total, to to come up with that answer. Uh, you know, so can you get there? And yes, you can, obviously, because Lightning Time did. But I still think it's a a, um, a valid five pointer. I still think it's a valid five pointer for sure. Okay, as constructed, yes. So then. Let's compare it. So they get the question right. They get the five points. Yeah. And um, then it moves over to Danger Zone, their five-point question. Okay. And it's in the category of Thomas Hanks. Right? Right. What is up with the burbs, man? You know? You know? Okay, here's the question. You'll find the characters of Lieutenant Mark Rumsfeld and Art... Wine Gardner in what 1980s Tom Hanks comedy? So, if I'm answering this question, I key in, all right, Tom Hanks movie, so his filmography, Lieutenant Mark Rumsfeld, okay, what movie is going to have cops in it, right? It's Lieutenant. My mind automatically went to Turner and Hooch, which was yeah. not the answer. As you heard them discuss. Right. Uh, as Liz Shannon Miller said, my mm-hmm. mind, and, and yes, and Andrew Zone as well. So, Turner Hooch immediately comes to mind just because I don't know Tom Hanks's filmography like the back of my hand like a showdown pro might. Um, but also, you know, also full disclosure, I've I know of the Burbs. I've not seen the Burbs. It's Same. funny I actually had the VHS. I never watched it actually. That's weird. But um, I don't know enough about the Burbs movie to be like if I heard Lieutenant, whatever, that I could. Get to the burbs because you're asking character names as opposed to actor and actress names, as you pointed out. In our, you know, in our little pre-show discussion, we were talking about this, um, which is a valid point. Is it easier to get there through actor names or character names? Actor names, obviously. Uh, yeah, I would agree. So, in that regard, would I say Danger Zone's five pointer is a little bit more tough than any time? Yes. Are they still similar questions? They are. Yes. The only difference is. One was asking character, one was acting one one included character names, one included actor names. And and one was a decade, the other one was a specific year. Yes. Yes. But they did give but they did give you Tom Hanks, so that narrows down the filmography immensely. Sure. 
And so if you just know Tom Hanks um, comedies within the 80s, so you you really narrow it down that way. But that's 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 presuming you know Tom Hanks filmography of the 80s. So um, it is a little bit tougher. But so I do think it's they're 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 similar, but there is a distinct difference that does separate one from the other in terms of which one is more difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that there's – look, I think that the Ben Stein for me, if I were guessing and I didn't know anything – I didn't know the answer and I heard Ben Stein, it's like, boom, okay, I'm going to go Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What other yeah. movies he in, really, of, of prominence other than Planes, Trains? Um, and the, the Tom Hanks one, I would have just drawn a major blank. But you know what? That's again, it's it's subjective to what movies you know and what movies you don't know. Yeah, I've never seen the Burbs as you have never seen the Burbs. So to me, that one just sounds harder. But end of the day, Danger Zone doesn't pull it. Now they're a three-two team. They lost to Lightning Time. Dan Merle's fired up in that post match. Uh, you know, and rightfully so. I don't think this is a because I know some fans are going to be like, ha, I told you Danger Zone's overhyped. I don't think that that was one of these moments. I think that it was a noticeably harder round one that we just heard from the man himself. Yeah. Hey, that was intentional. And the other thing is it was a it was a tough five. It was a tough five. Tough five. At the end of the day. And the fives are what make or break this team every time. And this time it, the, the cards didn't fall their way. Um, what do you, what do you think this says about Danger Zone? You know, you. It's interesting now after talking to PJ because we're gonna have to start looking at these accuracy rates and PPE rates a little bit more differently because if we are gonna get tinge more difficult in the first round, then I don't know. I don't know. So all I know is this though: Demerol's a champion. Ben Bateman, ben Bateman's a champion. Yeah. They have extremely high accuracy rates, career rates, right? Sensational. They're going to miss five-pointers. Everyone misses five-pointers. Everyone. It just happened on this day that, ironically, they get a burps question that's asked to Dan Merle. <sighs> Look, like, yeah. It, it, it's it was the, the, it was the, the irony is there, Titans. I think. Like, oh, yeah, it was the Remember the Titans. It's the his version. It's his Remember the Titans. Yes, it's his personal Remember the Titans, and it's in the form of the Burbs. And I think losing a match like this with that answer, I think probably particularly stings a little bit more for Dan because of how some of the the critical fan response can be. It's like, wait a minute, you and and look, he did. I think he did a very preemptive type of post-match interview there. Sure. Um, and I also think it's fair. I, everything he said, I think, is completely fair. And it just shows how much he cares and preps for Schmodown to get yeah. that fired up. Because if you if you don't get that fired up, and that's not necessarily true, but for some people, as we've seen, like his past – Post-match interview interviews can, I don't know, you know what I'm, I've, I don't want to misspeak here. You know, what I'm I know saying? what you're saying, but you're yeah. saying because you don't have to be fired up at the end no, of the post-match interview to care. I don't want to say the passion that either, is but, obvious. Yes, yes, yes. The passion is obvious, and he cares a lot about this right. game. 
and the fact that he had that such a a, a, a visceral reaction of sorts um, definitely shows you his deep care for this game. And um, you know, I mean, Ben Ben at the end of the uh, promo, I mean, at the end of the interview, said, "Hey, look, we missed a five. They yeah. got theirs. We didn't get ours. Hundred percent. And, and, and they're making jokes to. about whether or not to challenge it or whatnot. And 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 I was like. I understand it, but I don't really like that kind of talk. And Ben Bateman, to his credit, he comes in at the end and he's like, look, ain't nothing to challenge. We got it wrong. And and that was a consensus. Like, it was a heat of the moment, and you're just like, damn it, you know? We could have had this one. We should have had this one. And, and I completely get all of that. And, um, yeah, they just got one that they didn't know that day. So, uh, and neither did, neither did Ethan and Liz. No, they didn't know it either. <laughs> exactly. They didn't know it either. So, so. It's one of those where it's like – I don't know if that's any consolation. Probably not, but it's just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to miss these from time to time. And I do think, I will say this too, I think Danger Zone and Deception are kind of in the same boat in terms of where they are as a team. You're like, yeah. those four collectively are incredible players. Yeah. Incredible players, and yet they don't have the team division success that they would like to have. And why is that? Because the team division is freaking stacked. There's not there's not a whole lot of depth to the team division right now. And so what you get is an extremely dense, tight, competitive team division because there's only so many teams and the ones that we're going to have are going to be really good. Yeah. And I'm really really good. I mean, there's still obviously like I mean, final exam, Shazam, Corruption, Lightning Time, Danger Zone, Deception. They all can't win all the time. No. And someone's going to end up taking the L more often than not. It's kind of a bad luck thing. It's kind of wrong place, wrong time, wrong question type of thing. And so, and right now it's kind of biting deception and danger zone in the butt right now. And one day, it might if lightning, if lightning time's around next season or even later this season, it's it might bite them. You know, it's just – it's bitten final exam. You know, you go like – you know, It's just so one of those things. It's one of those you know things. I mean? And it's just how the division is right now. You know. Everybody's got Tay Tang, as yeah. they say. I mean, just Rushmore out there as well. It's a great team. You know, that's you're like, it's tough. It's really a cutthroat division just because of the lack of depth. And so the teams that you're going to get in there are going to be designed to be these juggernauts that play at elite levels, as Dan was correct in saying, playing at high level. But that doesn't always win you the match. It's to play an elite level. Sometimes you have to play a perfect elite level, which is yeah, how Shazam won the title yeah. in the first place against Odd Couple. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens. So uh, it looks like Danger Zone will be in the team's tournament. Uh, much love and respect to whoever gets them in round one. And uh, Lightning Time is a step closer, uh, potentially, to a title match. So that's how that yeah. works. Frank Janish, before we get out of here, we got a few more things to get to. So let's, yeah. real quick, I want you to show your picks for this Saturday's Collision. Yeah, and your conf these are our confidence picks. Ba boom, right there on the screen. So you pick Saul, 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 Saul. You pick Saul. Okay, so explain your picks here. Break them down and explain your. So it's a confidence points. It was also posted on the Showdown Instagram. Oh yeah, look at look at that. Okay, on the Instagram as well, so you can see it over there. So if you're listening, it was a confidence picks. So what you do is there's four matches, and you sign one, two, three, or four based on how confident you are, four being the highest confidence, one being the lowest confidence. And so I assigned three confidence points 
to Saul winning his match. Then I assigned four confidence points, my most confident, in Marisol McKee defeating Kevin Smith. My least confident, one point, is Shazam defeating Corruption. That's I'm not that confident in that pick um, because Corruption just... They somehow always find a freaking way to ruin your day. They do. <laughs> so, They're very good at it. <laughs> so that's why it's my least. And then... It's my second confident is DiMolanta retaining against Laura Kelly. And it would be number one if it wasn't for the Shazam corruption match. Um, because Star Wars, there's so many interchangeable champions, I feel like. Although Andrew DiMolanta has had a say in that already very early on by defeating Alex Damon twice in a row now. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with the hot hand that DiMolanta has. I think there's got to be some sort of intimidation for Laura Kelly to walk into that match knowing that he just beat Alex Damon twice in a row. Yeah. Like, in a cutthroat, bare-knuckled fight, like, twice in a row. That ain't something I want to walk into if I'm the next player playing DiMolanta. But Laura Kelly, I don't... I, I'd say all that, but Laura Kelly's probably like, whatever, I don't care. I'm walking into this. I'm, I'm Laura um, Kelly. And I'm ready to go. Exactly. And she's done it in a 1v1 setting before. And you can say what you want to say how that match resulted, you know, with her winning and DiMolanta had a shot to win it, but he didn't. That stuff can still happen to not just DiMolanta, but anybody in the Star Wars division. And maybe it happens to DiMolanta and Laura Kelly walks away uh, with the W and the belt, um, which would be great to see for that division, be the first woman um, Star Wars champion in that division. But I assign that two confidence points. Um, so I have DiMolanta, Shazam, Marisol McKee, and Saul winning at Collision. So then let's throw mine up. Gross. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I I had a very specific way that I did all of this, um, especially with the winners that I selected. Now, I'm going to start at the bottom. I selected Laura Kelly. Hmm. Not only because I think she's a badass, but it's really because you selected Andrew DeMolanto. <laughs> okay. I see what you did there. Um, two confidence points. Two confidence points. So I'm not, I'm not I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, yeah, you're right there with me, and uh, in terms of know, how to go, yeah, maybe. Okay, so I'm gonna bounce back up to the top. Okay, Amaru Mo, uh, uh, Moses versus Saul or Saul, as we're calling him now. <laughs> Look, the man scares me. He terrifies me. Yeah, and if he's that amped up to go play a match, I think he's gonna get the match. I think he's gonna win. So I give. I'm I'm pretty confident in that one. I give him three. Three points. I'm not confident at all that Kevin Smith's going to beat Marisol McKee. I'm pretty sure that he's not going to beat Marisol McKee, if you want to know the honest truth. Okay. But you selected Marisol. And I just, <laughs> oh, I see. Like, oh, like if you get happening? it wrong and I get it right, so then I look smarter. Gotcha. Um, similar reasons for Corruption Shazam, but I really do think what you said is true. This is I'm really betting big here. You like are. I, like I walked in the MGM Grand. I had a thousand in my pocket. And I just put it all on black. It's like, look, let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? But I really f think Corruption plays so well as a team together. How many 100-100 uh, games can Shazam have? I mean, how how much can you sustain that level of excellence? Yeah. So that's why the boat is going to go with Corruption, and I'm putting four confidence points down. So that's yeah, those are I our mean, predictions. I don't. I don't disagree with the pick i just disagree with the confidence points for sure oh yeah i just i wanted to bet it all on black yeah, yeah you sure did i really wanted to see what Corruption. would happen what would happen you know yeah. what i mean if i just put it all in there and then again i look like a, a genius yeah and uh you know if you're if you're watching this right now on youtube 
put yes. in the put in the comments your your confidence level on these matches. I really want to see where people are. How much? How much? How confident are they in the Shazam corruption match? How confident are you in Andrew Dimonte Kelly? I'm I very like curious what the crowd, what the the audience is thinking right now because now, I also know the commenters are going to completely disagree with everything that I did. Yeah, they already are. I saw on the Instagram, I think, or it was in the Facebook group. They're like, what a jabron. <laughs> what a jabron. But it's boring if we just pick the same thing. Yeah, that's why I was lucky to send in my picks first. Yeah. To, to, yeah. I, just didn't wa- I just didn't want it to be boring. You know what I mean? Because now, if you're if, – because here's the thing. Who knows? The thing is, you can make as many predictions as you want in the Schmodown. You never know. Like that's true. before, before no, that's every true. before every yeah. FCL match, I'm like, okay, I think this. And I'm not gonna say it out loud ever, but I'm like, okay, I think this person's probably gonna win. I think this person's probably gonna win. And I'm like, barely ever right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh wow, I didn't, I didn't yeah, expect for that tough. to happen. It's tough when it comes to these types of events, man. It's so I'm just swinging. I'm just yeah. swinging for the fences, and I'm keeping it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those are our picks there for that. Now you have one more thing we want to get to, and this is the info dump, yeah. as it's been called. So oh so get to this. So uh, the league was on backstage this past Tuesday, and um, he just let it all out there. He just let it all out there in terms of like season nine stuff, kind of what's going on with tournaments and stuff. So uh, I was over on the Schmodown subreddit, of uh, officially unofficially affiliated with the Schmodown, if that makes sense, right? Yes. And uh, this was posted by one username, solid as alphabet soup. If you're familiar with the Schmodown subreddit, you you know that name. Um, but he put together like a Cliff Notes version. I was like, I'm going to use this on the rundown and run through these Let's do it. these no, these these bullet points, and because they're very useful. So first one you got up here is Barbarian and Griffin Newman confirmed for a singles tourney for the exchange. Um, there's been some also some hinting that Roca, you know, was not going to be might be done for the rest of the year. Roca did put out a tweet. Um, I think it was a Wednesday morning now, or Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, about his decision to not participate in the singles tournament. And it's more of kind of aligned with the wrestling aspect of letting the, you know, stepping aside and, and propping up the Young Bucks and, and, you know, giving them the spotlight and, and propping them up. So he's stepping aside the singles tournament. If he plays in a team's tournament with Rushmore, with JTE, that remains to be seen, but it looks like that could be a thing. Uh, Harloff did hint that there could be something down the line in terms of perhaps storyline stuff, what have you. Also in here, uh, Nick Harley, Janine the Machine, and Jacoby Bancroft are confirmed for the singles tourney for the Stars. We have to wait and see uh, you know, for that fourth spot with Jeff Snyder if he'll fall into that, depending on his little gauntlet that he's on right now david del rio is confirmed for the dungeon to play in the singles tourney and one would imagine that ben bateman dan merle i mean there's a lot of things would have to happen obviously dan if dan merle does not retain the belt odds are we probably see him in the tournament um so a lot of that stuff going on there uh nick harley though look at nick harley and jacoby bancroft but nick harley fcl guy he's confirmed for the singles tournament, Brad. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. He's going to. Can I, I get a what... great Scott? Great Scott moment of the week. There you go. Great Scott. I mean, look, he's not going to. I don't think he's going to get a favorable draw, <laughs> you know. Um, That's right. Man's undefeated in his trivia career. 
It's true. Undefeated. We'll see what happens uh, for this tournament now. Um, so in the bullet point here, the losers of JTE, Collins, Snyder, Chance will be eligible for the singles tourney, but JTE, obviously, in the tourney either way. Uh, the loser of that, uh, that thing is just a opinion of this. Uh, the loser of that number one contender match will likely be eligible for the singles tourney. The winner won't. Mike Kalinowski will probably be entering the singles tourney should two of Chance, Marisol, Collins, uh, become ineligible if they play for the belt, I think. Basically, if you end up playing for a belt, whether it's intergeekdom, uh, singles, odds are you're not going to be eligible for the singles tournament, right. even if you lose the title match. So it's kind of what it comes down to. Here's one of the big things that came out of this info dump from from Christian was he confirmed for the Star Wars tournament that Alex Damon will be playing Molly Damon Woo! in the Star Wars tournament first round matchup. And this is probably one of the only times you could ever set this up. Because when's the next time Alex is gonna not have the belt? He could he could get it by the end of the year for sure, which would be crazy, especially if Dean Melanta retains at Collision and we see him at Spectacular and he beats Harper, which would be also insane. There's a lot of the talk about Dean Melanta being the goat of Star Wars Division, which was a fascinating conversation as well. Go check that out on the backstage if you haven't. Uh, Alex Damon, Molly Damon will be playing in the Star Wars tournament. What do we think of this, Brad? I think Alex needs to think long and hard before he <laughs> plays this game. <laughs> I mean, he's thinking, how do I want this to go? <laughs> it's going to be a fun match. It's going to be a fun match. It's yeah, be a fun no, dynamic. It's be a lot of fun. I wonder if they will actually be in their separate rooms or if they'll allow them to be in the same room. I think they should be in the same room. I would love to if they could yeah. if they could do it logistically. I think they might have enough space, but it depends. Um, I would love that. I would love so great. that. It would be so great if they could actually do it uh, in the same room. Dude, um, crazy. That's a crazy match. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that. I am. You know, I think Alex, obviously, given his pedigree, is the favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, uh, you know. Here's the thing, too. If they play in the same room, dynamics uh -oh, are out there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They're dynamics. That's true. Right? I mean. You start thinking, you're like, oh. If I'm the dungeon, if I'm Molly, that's what I'm petitioning for. Yes. Like, let's make yes. it work. Let's make that work because, you know, if he's about to answer a question and Molly goes, you uh, you plan sure on you, sleeping on the couch tonight or what? Would you, you sure? <laughs> if the couch isn't comfortable enough for you, we have the front yard. Yeah, too, yeah. If you would like you, to. Uh, you want a home cooked meal or what? You know. You ever heard of the dog house? <laughs> and I mean, hey, hey, Alex would be doing the same thing. He could be. He could be. He'd be like, hey. Uh, you want me to sleep on that couch? <laughs> <laughs> you sure that's what you want? You sure that's what you want? Is that you what you want? want? To sleep on the couch? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. What else we got? We got uh, Moose Haas confirmed for the exchange in the Inner Geekdom tournament. Uh, makes sense if you know. I think it was talking about Barbarian, you know, playing Inner Geekdom, but he's going to be worried about. Singles tournament, so we got Moose going to the IG tournament. Paul Yama for SWAT confirmed for the Intergeekdom tournament. Brandon Hanna confirmed for the Intergeekdom tournament for the Stars. Chance is confirmed for the Intergeekdom tournament for Corruption, so he's probably going to be doing double duty, singles and Intergeekdom, if he's not playing for the singles title, that is. Ethan Irwin potentially playing in the Intergeekdom tournament only if... Amaru Moses beats Saul at Collision. So, if Amaru wins at Collision, Ethan Irwin's going to represent 
the suspects in the inner geekdom division. You know, we saw Jacob Winnebin's two matches, not the greatest. I think they're going to go in a different direction and try. And it, Ethan Irwin is a savant at movies to begin with and really knowledgeable with Star Trek. So I think they're going to give that a whirl if Amru can get a victory at Collision. If not, Amru will be in that Intergeekdom tournament for the suspects. And then uh, coming out of that, Ben Goddard of the Den will enter the Intergeekdom tournament if Saul beats Amaru Moses. If not, then Saul will go and represent the Den in the Intergeekdom tournament. So Collision will, that match at Collision will determine whether or not we see Ben Goddard or Ethan Irwin in the Intergeekdom tournament. Intergeekdom bracket will probably drop next week. We find out the results, blah, 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 and the loser on the tournament, blah, blah, blah. And the other news is Mara is likely done for the season because the confirmed match of Jesse Swift and Robert Parker is confirmed for the Intergeekdom tournament. And being that they're going to only be one representative from each faction in the Intergeekdom tournament, Robert Parker is that rep for the dungeon, which means no Mara Kanopic for the dungeon, or really for us to watch in the Intergeekdom tournament, which is a bummer, and that's one of the things Christian cited in terms of the limitations with the faction um, uh, era, but I think it's also more, it's not so much a victim of kind of like the faction happenings, it's more, uh, this is more, a, it's a casualty of not enough match real estate. You know, you could do yeah. it within the faction, you know, um, system. But you can't do it if you don't have enough match real estate, which is what we're coming up to. I mean, like, literally the entire rest of the, the year is scheduled out match-wise. Like, there's yeah, no crazy. room. Christian's not joking when there's, like, there's no room to do all. other stuff. Like, whether it's live events, um, online matches, you know, studio matches. Like, it's all planned out. Here's what we got to do. These are the days. We can't really deviate, you know. Um, it's unfortunate. There's not enough match real estate. And that's kind of like the other thing of having so many players in the division, you kind of got to, or in the league rather, that you kind of want to spread the love around so people can play. And that's why I think you're, and that's part, I think also another reason why we're going to see the MTS overall roster kind of shrink a little bit. Not going to next season. We'll get into that. Um, moving on in this, in this, uh, bullet point here, uh, moving down. Harloff uh, says he knows what Paul Yama is going to do with the free-for-all cash-in. Didn't give any hints on backstage, so... I guess we'll find out soon. And and, <laughs> Maybe. and here, here's actually my... I have no idea. I've never talked to Paul. I have not talked to Christian. Here's my assumption, is that if Christian knows what Paul's going to do, it's going to be it's going to happen next year. Mm. Because that's where you can do the most with that in, in terms of how Christian wants to w operate next season, it's probably going to happen next year. That's just my gut feeling given the way Christian's talking about next season and how much, how many possibilities there are out there. Like right now you can't really do a whole lot of stuff with, with Paul Young's cash in and not to mention swag down in the dumps in the standings. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense really for Paul to cash in it, I mean, he can cash in for personal glory, but he ain't going to do anything for the faction. But I think there's a lot more fun to be had if Paul cashes it in next year. Whatever faction he's on, it doesn't matter. You can do a lot more next season 
in terms of fun and storyline and building up and dragging it out. Remember when Brienne had that free for all shot and people were coming in interviewing her, like, what are you going to do with it? You know, maybe I could use it. And she ultimately ended up using it. But you can't do any of that this season. You can't drag it out. You can't have any fun with it. So I think my personal opinion, you're going to see it next season and it'll probably, something probably cool will happen with it. Knowing Christian, if he knows what Paul's going to do with it, he's probably like, I got an idea. Yeah. Whatever division you want to like challenge for, whether it's singles, teams, or Andrew Geekdom even, he's like, I got an idea for you. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we will see. Season. Yeah. I could be wrong. It could it happen. Could it's wrong. spectacular. It could happen now. It could happen tomorrow. It, it could happen this Sunday at the Cantina after <sighs> Merle Collin, or Merle Irwin. Take all maybe, my money. Maybe. Dude, I would be. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Take all my money. Do it, it now. Could, it could happen. It could. But, yeah, I, don't I don't think know. so. I don't. But it could. It could. Yeah. Because that's. Yeah. I. If 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 it was me, and I was going to do it next year, I want that cash in at a live event. Yeah. That's just. Oh, me. That, yeah, yeah. That's what you want. That's that's what I you mean, want. But well, what what else were the main points from Mister uh, Harloff? Let's see. Here we got. Uh, da, 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 da. The majority of digital matches next season will be Star Wars matches. Most of the Thursday and Friday matches will be singles and team matches in studio. FCL will basically become the digital hub, the digital league of uh, the Schmodown. Let's see here. Cool. He also talked about – let's go ahead, Brad. I said cool. Yeah. Uh, Arloff wanted to book Rick Radis and Frankie Alvarez for the canteen on the 14th but fell through. Um, so that was something uh, – the undercard of the New York event – Will most likely be a singles tournament match, um, so that'll be you're gonna want to get that. I think that's October 9th. So those tickets aren't on sale yet. I know Christian wants to release them as soon as he can. So I think they might be out next week or the week after. So if you're looking to go to that event, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Harloff is considering pre-taping backstage and cutting it down to an hour. That's an um, that's an interesting because I think I've talked to you about us going back to pre-tape. Pre-tape. Um, if only to be able to cover all three matches Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And this is also something I haven't emailed Christian about yet. So if he's oh, listening, this uh, is the first he's hearing about it. It's, it's an idea, Christian, <laughs> just, just idea. so you know. Um, but anyway, so uh, – and then I think one of the last big things was – there was a talk last year of a what-if exhibition series. Christian has talked about that's probably not going to be happening. Yeah. And then – uh, he talked about an official Schmodown Hall of Fame, mm. which he says probably makes sense after year 10 or after the 10th Spectacular, which would, I guess, put us at year 12 for the Schmodown if he waits for a Spectacular 10. Um, or he does it in two years or three years. So, which would be, be really, cool. I think, at 10, I think 10 years. 10 is a good, a, a years, good run. Um, okay, let me ask yeah, you this, yeah. and we'll wrap it at this. Wait, is there another thing that we have to talk about? Uh, let me see if there's another note in here that I think is notable. Um, I mean, team brackets won't drop for a while. The 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 singles bracket, there's like there's like a, a billion different versions just because of the JTE, Collins, uh, right. Snyder, like all those matches. They got to be settled. Same thing with the Ethan Irwin, Dan Merrill, which will be settled soon. Um, so there's like a lot of different combinations. So don't expect to see a singles term bracket, I think – at least a whole bracket, you might get like a quad or something like that. I mean, he did confirm some matches out there. Um, so I think uh, one of them 
did he? I don't know if it's in this bullet, bullet uh, point list, but um, or in a different area. And I don't want to speak out of turn because I do know some of them, and I don't know if that. Don't was say actually, it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let's, let's. Here's the thing. But yeah, we're, we're gonna, we'll end it at this. If there's a Schmodown Hall of Fame, Frank, you get one name to put in to the Hall of Fame first. Yeah. There's only one entrant a year. The first inductee into the Schmodown Hall of Fame is Dan Merle. Yeah, I mean, how do you not do Merle? It would, I would go. Do you? Can you be an active player? Yeah, you should. You should be able to be an active okay. player. Yeah. If you're an active player and Dan's still playing, then Dan Merle. If not, if you're not not active, it's well, I right now it's Rachel it's, Cushing. It's Rachel Cushing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's also Sam Levine, but oh, Sam. So I think Rachel first over Sam. I think I think Rachel. Yes, I think Rachel first over Sam. I think Sam. Sam gets in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets in, but yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. why let people know where they can find you and follow you, Frank? I got to go get ready for a flight. Oh, a flight, you say? Yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, the Frankie J twenty nine. The Frankie J twenty nine? Oh no, no, just Frankie J twenty nine. <laughs> you can find me. Do you not Twitter dot com backslash Frankie J twenty nine. Yeah. And you can find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. Check out the Schmodown rundown every week on this channel. The Collision this Saturday. And if you didn't check out this week's uh, FCL, go check that out. Uh, important to note again about Collision. If you don't know, it's available to everyone. To everyone on Saturday free. noon Pacific. Uh, specific specific yeah um it's gonna look amazing i've seen a little bit of stuff that they've that they've put together it's gonna look amazing it's I, gonna like, look good it's gonna dude it's gonna be and then you're gonna be like forget digital matches i don't want to see them ever again it's phen- phenomenal work that everyone at skybound is doing just went down it's good stuff this is the smart i rundown and we'll see you next week Peace.